titled this uh, Christmas 2021 in my notes, but uh, the title of this morning, I, I've titled this The Promises of God. And I wanted to read to you um, from Luke's gospel this morning, if you have a Bible handy from Luke chapter one. And uh, we're going to read verses 26 through 33 here to start. We're going to cover uh, a lot more than that, uh, even in Luke's gospel. But just to get this started this morning, talking to you about the promises of God, um, I wanted to focus in on, on this particular chapter, and then it'll make sense to you and hopefully provide you for some encouragement, not only for today, but as you head into a new year. We've lived in a, a world of tremendous uncertainty these last couple of years. And one of the things I know that you appreciate, like I do, is uh, thank God that he is certain, amen, and that uh, his promises, they're not, you know, contingent on all that goes on in the world. He's sovereign. He's in control. He's not bound by our circumstances. And sometimes we just need to be reminded of that. And I thought this would be a great time this Christmas, uh, following Christmas morning, uh, that we could walk back through this and, and celebrate afresh the very promises of God to us this morning. So I invite you to read with me. And uh, again, we'll pick it up in verse 26 of Luke chapter 1, read through verse 33, and then we'll stop for a moment and we'll pray. And then uh, we'll, we'll go on from there. It says in verse 26, it says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin who was betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and she considered what manner of greeting this was. And then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, of his kingdom, there will be no end. Let's take a moment and pray. Father, as we read your word, this is a story that is so popular at Christmas time. And Lord, it's a story that means so much, Lord, to the world. And yet, Lord, uh, sometimes we can read it and not really grasp, Lord, really the, the gravity of what was accomplished there on Christmas morning. And I know as we study it even today, that Lord, whether we have walked with you for many years or just a few, God, your desire is that, Lord, we would be blessed as we would read your word today, that our hearts would be encouraged and that, Lord, you would bring, as you did the very first time that these words were spoken, that you'd bring peace and that you'd bring joy to every heart, to every home today. I pray for those that are here, Lord, on campus today, that, God, you would just use this time to knit our hearts together, to love you in a deeper way. Those that are at home, Lord, the same, we pray for them. We pray for those that, uh, Lord, are fighting, uh, whether it's uh, the flu or, or COVID or whatever the things are that go on in our world today. Thank you that you're a God who heals. Thank you that you're a God of comfort, and may you bring comfort to those that are hurting. For those that, Lord, today that are just suffering because of the holidays. Uh, Lord, that those of us that have lost loved ones, that, uh, uh, Lord, they're not with us today. And it made this, this year hard, harder than others. God, I pray again, 
your comfort would be with each and every person. That's, that's what you provided when you came into this world. You are the God of all comfort. And thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit, who is our comforter. God, you, you know exactly what we need every moment of our life. And Lord, thank you that it was all made possible because Jesus was born into this world. And so we celebrate, Lord Jesus, your birth today. We love you. We thank you for the promises of God that are to us. And Lord, we look forward to hearing all that you have for us this day as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You know, Christmas, uh, how many saw that rainbow on Christmas Eve that was here? Yeah, it was pretty cool. I, I'd walked outside. I was playing with my dog. Uh, we live on, on the golf course there at Kern City, not, not to be confused with a really nice golf course in a country club setting. Um, but we do live on a golf course, just to clarify that. And, and uh, so my dog has uh, a big backyard, which is like the number two uh, fairway and the number three fairway, because we live close to the green there. And so we play almost uh, every, every afternoon, um, except for when it's raining or something comes up. But she's, she's there waiting. She doesn't care if it rains. She's a lab. And I took her out there to, to uh, play ball with her. And I was, so I was looking at the sky and then all of a sudden, I mean, I'd never seen this before. Anybody ever seen the birth of a rainbow? I mean, it's, there's one thing to walk out and see a rainbow, but then to be looking at something and then a rainbow appears. It was like, it was the most surreal thing. And, uh, and as I stood there, I mean, obviously I'm thanking God for this, like, wow, God's like, you know, I know that wasn't for anybody else. You know, I know. So when you guys raised your hand, that was just because he let you see it. Um, but no, but uh, uh, it was, <laughs> I, know, I shouldn't have told you that. He, sorry. <laughs> you thought it was for you. Uh, but uh, no, in all seriousness, it was just one of those things where, you know, I'm looking at this thing and I was like looking around. I'm like, and so I, was, I took a picture of it and I was going to post it on my social media account. And so I thought, do I send it to my wife? Or I, so I ran back to the house. So I knocked on the, the window. She was in the kitchen making stuff. And uh, so I signaled for her to come out. And I, I told her, I said, you know, I, I couldn't just send you a picture of this. I needed you to be able to enjoy it. And she was, oh, thank you. You know, and she looked at it and, and it was just vibrant. It was just, it, it was so beautiful. But it happened, like I said, just right, right in front of me. And, and uh, so I'm sitting there. And so immediately my mind's racing. You know, I'm thinking about the promises of God, you know, and that remember when he hung the bow right in the, in the sky, that it was a promise to us. It was a promise to himself that he would never again flood the earth, you know, to bring about his judgment. And, that, uh, and so that, that the rainbow being there as a reminder of that, of that promise. And so it just got me thinking about the promises of God. And so I just began to, as I went inside, I, I was preparing for actually for Christmas Eve, but, you know, I, I couldn't help but uh, just start going back and looking at the promise of God. And I was looking at this particular text anyway. And so as I started to do that, um, it was just one of those things where, you know, I, I began to, I typed in, you know, the promises of God in my, um, I have a Logos program and it, and it came up with, you know, there's different variations, you know, depending on what authors you read, but something like 8,810 promises that are in the Bible, 8,810, with over 7,487 uh, promises specifically made to mankind. That's a lot of promises, amen? And uh, so I started looking at this, and so I, you know, obviously was coming to the church, so I put it aside, but I was so excited, I wanted to go, I couldn't wait to, you know, get back so I could start studying this again. And, uh, and for nothing more than at first, it was just myself. And 
So I went back and so I started looking at the promises of God in the Bible. And lo and behold, the very first promise that, that we have in the Bible, if you're wondering about that, is Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. It's at the fall of mankind where God says to the serpent, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So uh, those of you that study, you know, theological words, you know, we call this the proto-evangelum. And uh, obviously proto meaning first and evangel uh, meaning good news. And so it's the first good news that's listed in the Bible. And I thought, wow, that, you know, that just got me even more excited, you know, thinking about the promises of God. And the very first promise that God makes to us is the promise of, of the good news of the gospel, that the, it's coming. And, and at a very, very bad time, obviously, in human history, and we're talking about, you know, the fall of mankind. And, uh, you know, it's a reference, you know, not just to, when you look at Genesis 3.15 there, it's not just a reference to some, a man stepping on a snake's head, you know. It's really a reference to the virgin birth of the Messiah who uh, would be uh, uh, born of a virgin, but would have no earthly father, would be conceived of the Holy Spirit, making this child very special, 100% man, 100% God. And so, Christmas then, as we read here this morning, it's the fulfillment of that promise. And, and what makes this promise so amazing that this promise took thousands of years to come to fruition. You know, I, I was talking with, you know, a few of you this week and things that you've prayed about in your life. And you, you know, you pray about something for a long period of time. And after a while, I mean, you know, you're reminded of what Paul would write to the church at Galatia, right? That he said, you know, don't, don't fear in doing good, for in due time you shall reap if what? He said, if you don't faint, right? And you don't lose heart. But you know, when you've been praying for something for a long, long time and it doesn't come about, I mean, it can wear on you after a while. I mean, it, it can grind on you. Now, I'm not talking about praying things for other people. That, that's kind of easy in one sense. But when it's yourself and you, and you have your heart set on this thing or you want it so bad and it just doesn't happen. And then, you know, the enemy, the way that he operates, you know, that he brings everything, you know, uh, to mind in your life. And it just, it can wear you out and it can wear you down. And so, you know, I look at this and I'm thinking, wow, you know, this promise, I mean, it's, it is literally thousands and thousands and thousands of years in the making, which just demonstrates to us that, you know, God doesn't forget. You know, that we have a God who's faithful to all of his promises and we can count on them, not just at Christmas time. And so when Gabriel announced to Mary that she would have a son, he was recalling, you know, mind you, the promises that had echoed all throughout the Old Testament, uh, that her son would be called the son of the most high and would reign on the throne of his father, David. That's what we just read. You know, pretty much every Jew, I mean, pretty any, any person who studied, you know, or listened uh, to the law of Moses knew immediately that there, there was something, you know, taking place there, you know, listening to the law and the prophets, you know, even Mary herself, she would have started connecting, you might say, the, the prophetic dots, you know, that, that exist within that, that passage there. Probably took her back to the promise first made. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you, if you're a note taker, um, you know, because this is what's going to happen after service. And you can just do this. So just know this. If you come up, I can just email you the notes, okay? Because I'm about ready to just uh, use a rapid fire uh, 
you know, through a whole bunch of scripture here. Because I think about, you know, the promises of God. If I could give you a gift today, what I want to give you is, is the promises of God that you can hold on to, that you can take with you, that will encourage you when you go through those seasons, those times, hopefully not thousands of years, but obviously, you know, it can take months and, and weeks and sometimes years for things to come to fruition and it's easy to lose heart. And so this, this is a great study and being reminded of the faithfulness of God throughout the ages. Amen. So this is where it all started. Second Samuel chapter seven, verses eight through 16. If you hear this, it says, now, therefore, it says, thus, you shall say to my servant, David it says, thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the sheepfold from following the sheep to be the ruler over my people over Israel. And I have been with you wherever you have gone. And I have cut off your enemies from before you. And I have made you a great name, like the name of the great men who are on the earth. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people, Israel, and I will plant them that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more, nor shall the sons of wickedness oppress them any more as previously since the time that I commanded the judges to be over my people, Israel, and have caused you to rest from all your enemies. Also, the Lord tells you that he will make you a house. And when your days are fulfilled, and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom and he shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father and he shall be my son. If he commits inequity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the blows of the sons of men, but my mercy shall not depart for him. For as I took, him, took it from Saul, whom I removed from before you, and your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever. And so that would, have, that would have been speaking, obviously, of King David and the promise that God made to David that through his seed, one would sit on the throne forever. And so Mary would have understood that. She, she would have heard that. You know, God handpicked, you could say, you know, David as a young shepherd boy. Remember, from amongst an entire family of older brothers. So he wasn't the logical, he wasn't the, the choice, obviously, uh, under Jewish uh, custom. But yet God promised to make David's name great. And God promised that after David had died, like I said, that God would, would raise up one of his offspring to establish the, the throne of his kingdom forever. And so, you know, as you study David's life here, you, you realize, you know, David had a lot of enemies, right? He had a lot of people trying to work against him. And yet, what, what do we see? We see the faithfulness of God. We see God's hand on him. And you go, why? And you go, because God made a promise that, that no matter what, God was going to establish his throne forever. And even as I was studying that this week, it's a great reminder to me and to you that, you know, God isn't bound by the circumstances of your life. You're going to go through hard things and it's going to look as if the enemy, you know, has defeated you, but you have to go back and you have to, you know, as I always love what Pastor Chuck would say, never trade what you do know for what you don't know, right? And what we do know are the promises of God. What I don't know is what the future holds, okay? I love that expression. I don't know what the future holds, but what? but I know who holds the future. Amen. And, and this is, this is the great reminder, you know, that we have at Christmas time, you know, in Psalm 132, 10 and 11, it goes on, it says this says, for your servant, for your servant, David's sake, do not turn away the face of your anointed 
The Lord has sworn in truth to David. He will not turn from it. Okay, so this is, this is, this is a promise that God's made. He goes, and he will, he will not relent. He's not going to break this promise. He says, I will set upon your throne the fruit of your body. You know, and you think about what is the promise that he's, that he's making, you know, there. Again, that the Messiah, the promised Messiah would come through the lineage of David. The prophet Isaiah prophesied about the fulfillment of God's promise that, that we, we hear to David. Most of us are familiar with this because we hear it at Christmas time, right? From Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, for it says this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is a great word study just in and of itself. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne. So get this again. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of the host will perform this. So again, what is Isaiah telling us, you know? Speaking of the Messiah, speaking of the one who would come from the, the seed of David. And he goes on and he continues to prophesy in the book of Isaiah that a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse, and from, from David's father. And you think this, he says, from its roots, a branch. And it's speaking of, of obviously Jesus as the promised Messiah. And we see that in Isaiah chapter 11 and verses 1 and 2. It says, there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. A branch shall grow up out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And then the rest of, of Isaiah chapter 11 there just speaks of the fruit that Jesus himself would bear out in his life. And so as time, you know, went on, it became obviously clear that, that God would fulfill, uh, again, through his son, through Jesus. You know, and, and as all the promises that he's made, you know, everything going all the way back to Genesis chapter 3 uh, in the Old Testament. You know, and we see this when the angel appears, you know, to Mary there in Luke chapter 1. And so I'll read this for you again, and hopefully you start to kind of put this into perspective, you know, of what the angel was making reference to taking Mary back and reminding her of the promises that God had made, you know, all the way back, like I said, to Genesis and to, you know, David there in 2 Samuel, in the Psalms, in Isaiah, all throughout scripture. And it says this in verse 30, going back to Luke chapter one, it says, then the angel Lord said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. So she, her mind's starting to go, okay, I, I, I've heard this before. You know, I, you know I, I, this, I understand part of it. It says, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there'll be no end. It says, and then in verse 34, it says, then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? So this is going all the way back to Genesis chapter three, the promise that God had made here. It says, and the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you 
and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that the Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. Now, to me, one of the things that's so amazing about this is, you know, I mean, Mary's head's got to be spinning at this point, right? You know, you think about this, I mean, that here's this angel of God speaking to Mary, telling her that she's going to give birth to the Son of God. And she's, you know, as a virgin is going, I don't even understand. I can't comprehend this. And I love how God, you know, steps through time and then makes things, you know, palatable for us. In verse 36, it says, now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative has also conceived uh, a, a son in her old age. Okay. So she's beyond childbearing, you know, years, right? I mean, she's been through menopause. There's no possibility that she's going to have a child. Okay. And so again, to help Mary understand, you know, cause it's one thing, you know, to, to give birth to the, the son of God, you know, but it's like baby steps and God always does baby steps in all of our lives, you know, that he increases our faith. You know, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by what the word of God, you know, and you know more today than you did previously in your life for the simple fact that, that faith, faith can grow. And that we're not at the same place. So I love what, what God does here with, with, with Mary. And it says, you know, Elizabeth, your relative has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her, her who was called barren. Okay. And again, it wasn't that she, you know, um, didn't just have children. She couldn't have children. Right. And then it, I love verse 37. And this might be a, a verse that you highlight in your Bible. You know, you really spend time thinking this through this morning. It says, for with God, nothing will be impossible. So here's, you know, Mary now able to have a visual, you know, because I, I know I've done this before. I don't know if anybody else in your life, but I remember when I first gave my life to the Lord, sometimes I'd lay in bed at night and I'd go, God, I believe that you're real. But if you would just flip the light on and off just one time, just one time, just flip the light. I will never question you again. I don't know if you guys have, you know, that's just a sad confession of lack of faith on my part. Okay. But, but I, but I go, okay, Lord. And I would lay there and, you know, then it, sometimes I think that a flicker, you know, cause you blink, right? He did it. No, I just blinked. Uh, dang it. Maybe he did it while I blinked. Maybe he made me blink and then he did do it. You know, and you're having these conversations, you know, with yourself, you know, about this. But I love the fact that God is drawing Mary in through something that she can visually, she can comprehend, you know, and, and people, oh, I don't believe that. And you go, well, it's consistent with who God is. There's a guy called Thomas. Anybody remember Thomas? We called him, what is he known of when you see him in heaven? What are you going to say? You go, hey, there's, you know, doubting Thomas. And Thomas is his first name, but you're going to think it's his last name, right? Because you're going to go, hey, there's doubting Thomas. And he said what? He goes, I won't believe until what? Until I've seen for myself. I'm not going by your guys' testimony until I see with my own eyes and I touch him. And, he, and then this is something like, you know, I don't know if you had, were one of those kind of kids that you had to touch everything. There's some people that don't have to touch anything, right? They go, hey, touch this. No, no, no. And he's going, but I'm not even going to believe, not if I just see it, but I've got to touch it. And what does Jesus do? Jesus doesn't rebuke him, right? It says, Thomas, he appears to Thomas. And what does he do? He says, tells him, stick your hand on my side. Where's wounds at? Feel it for yourself. And what does Thomas do? He's, ah, Lord, I don't need that. You know, I don't need that. You're my king and my God. You know, that's great. But it doesn't mean that God doesn't meet us where we're at. And I, and I love that about God. That God meets you right, right where 
He needs to meet you. And, and he always is faithful to his promise. And so, you know, it's here, you know, in this, in this particular part of the story in Luke 1, God's provided the ultimate update, you might say, on his, on his promise, you know, uh, or his plan to keep his promises. You know, so this baby in Mary's womb conceived of the Holy Spirit, though Mary herself was a virgin, it's God's son. And he would reign eternally. That's what he's communicating. Uh, again, so the angel concludes this declaration, you know, with this wonderful reminder that, you know, again, with God, nothing is impossible. God is faithful to his promises. And so as I sat there, you know, as I looked and I, I was going, wow. And I was just kind of taking this all in afresh. And it was just, uh, again, the Lord just kept taking me back to this rainbow. And it was just, it was just a wonderful moment. You have those moments with God that you just go, Lord, thank you. That he's just doing something for you, but you get to share it with other people and, and to encourage others with it. And that's what I wanted to do here this morning. And so as I sat there, you know, I was reminded of what Jesus said in, in Matthew 24, 35. And like I said, you can email me later if this is of interest to you to study it for yourself. And I'll, I'll give you the notes to it so that you can keep this. And, and hopefully it'll encourage you like it has me. But Jesus said this in Matthew 24, 35. He said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. And so I, I kept thinking about that. You know, God promises, you know, at Christmas time, you know, it's like I said, Christmas for the believers every day, you know, that in the truest sense, it's not a one day, you know, out of the year event. Uh, you know, first and foremost, you know, when I think about the promises of God at Christmas time, uh, I'm reminded of what Hebrews 13, eight says, it says, Jesus Christ is the same. He's the same what? Yesterday, today, and what? Forever, yeah. So when you think about his promises, you know, God keeps his promises. You know, we could go into all the things that, that make the story, you know, of Santa Claus, you know, so special, you know, for people. And also what's tripped many people up. I mean, in real life, you talk to people who've gone to counseling, who grew up believing in Santa Claus, right? And they made a list, right? And their parents told them, you know, but Santa's making a list too, right? And on his list, he checks it, what? twice and he finds out who's what naughty and nice yeah you guys know the story and, and uh, so but what happens people they 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 make a list themselves and they submit it to god or to, in their eyes santa claus you know and that can be transferred over to god and they they go you know santa i wanted this and i've been really good right and they've been good all year long and, and they wanted this, they wanted, they prayed for it. And then Christmas came and went and guess what? They didn't get what they wanted, right? And what did that do with regard to their belief in God or their belief in Santa? Was that you can't, you can't, you know, Santa's not real, which he's not, but God is. And then all of a sudden that story gets, you know, put on God that, you know, oh, well, see, God's just like Santa Claus. You know, you can pray to him, you can ask him for stuff, but you know, he doesn't really come through, right? And then, you know, you, you study something like this and you see the faithfulness of God and his hand, you know, working in our life. And if, you know, the, the answers of God, you know, to our prayers, sometimes they're yes, sometimes they're no, sometimes they're not now, sometimes they're wait, you know, there's all kinds of answers. But we know this, if God denies something that, that we request, it's not because God is against us, it's because God is for us, Amen. And in time, it'll all make sense to us. And that's why we pray, and, and the Lord taught us to pray, not my will, but what? 
but thine be done. Yeah, and that we would have a trust. We would trust in the promises of God, but thinking that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, I just wanted to remind you, you know, that, that one of really God's greatest gift to us is his word. And John says that word became flesh, that, that word is Jesus Christ. But we have God's promises that you can bank on. And like I said, if you do a, a study in the promises of God, that you'll look and again, go back to and study, you know, um, Genesis 3.15 and think about that. You know, how many thousands of years had to, you know, pass before, you know, that promise was fulfilled. And as scripture says, you know, God's not slow as some count slow, you know. He always comes through. And, and I hope that encourages you this morning. 2 Timothy 2.13 says this, if we are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself. And that can be both positive and negative, you know, because God is going to be faithful, you know, to his promise. And that's a promise, you know, there's conditional promises with God. Heaven is a conditional promise, you know, uh, it's on the condition that we receive it that we open our hearts to him, that we repent of our sin. It's not just because Jesus died, you know, and because, you know, again, God is faithful to his promise and he will hold us accountable uh, for our life before him. Second uh, Corinthians 1.20 says this, for all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. So what is that telling us? We have a God that loves to say yes, right? You know, how many of your grandparents in here? Yeah, or great-grandparents, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, you find that, you know, like my kids will go, oh, dad, you know, you always say yes to them. And I go, well, yeah. And they go, well, you know, they got to go home with us. And I go, you know, I'm sorry about that. I, I'd keep them here, you know, with myself. But uh, I, I love that, you know, that, you know, in, in our family, like, so a Quinny, uh, my son Brett, his uh, middle child, and like she'll go, um, she'll ask for something and they say no, you know, to her. And she's like, I'm going to ask Opa. And, and they said, well, why? And they always play along and they go, why are you going to ask Opa? And she's like, look, cause you know, Opa say yes. Opa say yes. Yeah. I'm just trying to treat her, just trying to really help her to understand the love of God for her and her life. You know, that God wants, God wants to say Yes. But in him, no, in, in all seriousness, you know, in him, it says, are yes and in him, amen. You know, the promises of God are yes and amen to them that believe, you know, that he wants us to, you know, we can take this to an extreme. We have the name it and claim it, you know, theology and far from that. But, but there are many promises. I love what Billy Graham once said. He said, you know, heaven is full of answers to prayers that have yet to be prayed. That heaven is a storehouse. He went on another time, a storehouse of answered prayers. And I love that when you think about, you know, God himself. You know, that God promised salvation freely to the world, to all who would receive it. That's, that's why, you know, you know, as we're going through the book of Romans, what, what has brought revival, you know, to the world as people have studied this book is that they recognize that salvation is a free gift. It can't be earned. It's not deserved but it's received by faith, by God's grace through faith. It's not of works. You know, Paul would write that in Romans chapter one, verse 16 and 17. He says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So we have a reminder today, 
Salvation is a free gift. That's the promise of God. It will always be the promise of God. It is a free gift to all who receive it, but you must receive it. What else did God promise us? You look at this, God promised us new life in Jesus Christ. You know, probably one of my favorite verses in all the Bible, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Jesus promised eternal life. I mean, these are things that we can hold on to, to those who trust him. John chapter four, verse 14, you know, he says, but whoever drinks of this water, that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Now the promise of God, everlasting life. Jesus promised us security. You think about the gifts of God, you know, that he offers us, you know, we think about Christmas and gifts and, and that God has given us his word. Like I said, we don't have to, oh, he's not going to go back on it. You know, no, you know, God promised that, but you know, but I messed up. And so therefore God, you know, isn't faithful. No, he's faithful to his promise. Go back and, you know, we studied the Abrahamic covenant, right? You know, with regard to what is our salvation and, and how is it, you know, uh, it hasn't come about. And remember that covenant that God cut with Abraham, God cut it alone. He didn't, he didn't allow Abraham to participate in it because if he allowed Abraham to participate in that covenant, we would all spend eternity in hell. But our salvation is contingent completely upon what God did. And that's why he cut that covenant all by himself. Abraham, remember he fell asleep and he saw, you know, he saw a vision and he saw God cut the covenant. God bound himself to the promise of my salvation and yours. That doesn't mean that we don't have a responsibility. We might say the best thing for us is we have a respond ability, right? We have to respond. We have to respond to this gift that God has offered us. But I love this, you know, the security that Jesus promises us. John chapter 10, verse 28 through 30 says, and I will give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. Are you safe with Jesus? Amen. You are. He promised us rest, you know. How many need rest today after, <laughs> and then you're here. There's people today, they're not even here because they're just, Christmas just wiped them out. It's not they don't want to be here. They are just wiped out from Christmas. Matthew chapter 11 is your verse today. Verse 28 through 30 says, come to me, all you who are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Think about that. And who's Jesus speaking to? A bunch of Jewish people who are what? Are trying to earn and work their way into the favor of God. And he's going, are you tired of it? Are you, trying, are you tired of trying to please everybody? Are you tired of trying to live up to everybody else's expectations? Are you try, you know, yeah, I'm tired more. And then Jesus says, then come to me. Because guess what? Because he took care of it all. And he's promised abundant life. Abundant life. This is a promise of God. You think of the gifts of God this Christmas. John 10, 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and they may have life more abundantly. He promised his disciples power. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. 
but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Man, you know, if, if you look in your cabinet, how many have stamina pills, you know, vitamin B, you know, take vitamin B12, you know, and you, then you buy all kinds of things, you know, mixed with vitamin C and as I need stamina, you know, and we're looking at this and, and that, that industry is a multi-billion dollar industry and Jesus is going, I give it out freely. Come to me. You are, you're weary and I'll give you rest. Pray for the power, pray for the power of God. You know, how many got something? No, no, I shouldn't even ask this. You know, how many got something for Christmas? It's already broke. And isn't that a bummer? You know, things you get something. I remember as a kid getting something for Christmas and, and then the thing just breaking, like right after you first take it outside. You know, you guys ever remember those planes that you could get that had a motor on them, but they had a string on it and you could fly it around. Some of you guys remember that little gas, you know, and you put the thing in there. I remember getting that from my, my grandparents, taking that side. I went up like this because on the box, I'm reliving a memory here. This wasn't even in my notes. This is an attack from Satan. <laughs> but you remember on the box, it had, it could do a loop-de-loop. -loop. You know, you could take it and you could have the thing. So I'm going like this. Boom. Thing just does a nosedive right into the ground. I'm just standing there eight years old. It's done. One and done. That's where the, oh man, it's just sad. Yeah. But what did Jesus promise? I'll be with you always. Always. Matthew 28, 20, it says, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always. What, what does he say? Even to the end of the age. Amen. Yeah. Jesus also promised one day he would return for us. Right? This isn't it, okay? This isn't it. The best is still yet to be. We can remind each other today because of the promise of God. John 14, 2 and 3. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. And what did God promise? You think about today, you know, in our life. No matter what you're going through, no matter what the circumstances are of your life, you have a promise from God today. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And when, you know, when things don't work out the way that we had hoped, and that happens often times in the life of the believer, God promises comfort in the midst of our struggles. Second Corinthians 1, 3 and 4, it says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And hear this, you know, because sometimes you go through struggles in this life and things don't work out the way that you would hope. And then you think, you know, God is, he's against me. And you go, no, he's not at all. You ever thought about that? Maybe God allows you to go through a hardship and a struggle because he wants to comfort you so that you can comfort somebody else. So you could be like Elizabeth to a Mary in that respect, that somebody else who's struggling even worse, that you can go to them and go, look what it says here. It says, who comforts us in all of our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by God. So what really we can do is we go through hard things and we're comforted by God. And it's not that we go comfort the other person, is that we go and offer them the same comfort that we got. We go, hey, turn to Jesus. Find your comfort in God because that's where I found my comfort. 
And in turn, they find their comfort in him as well. What a blessing that is for us. Speaking of blessings, he's promised us every spiritual blessing. Not, not a few. He says in Ephesians 1.3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with what? Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Which takes us to the very next thing. 1 Peter 1.4, that inheritance that you have from God, guess what? It's safe. It's reserved for you in heaven. You have a reservation there. It says to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. I love this. You ever get frustrated with yourself? Think, ah, I should be further along in my spiritual journey. I should be stronger. You know, I should, I should know better. You know, whatever the thing that you might say. Philippians 1.6 for you today. The promise of God, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. I love that. I love that. Peace. Could you use a little bit more peace today? Could the world use? I mean, when Jesus was born in this world, what was the very first thing that the angels declared? Peace, right? Peace. When the Jewish people, when they met one another, what did they say? Shalom, peace, yeah. Peace, grace and peace. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Didn't say we weren't going to get anxious. Didn't say we weren't going to get stressed out. But when we do, we pray. And God takes that anxiety, takes that fear, that worry, and he replaces it with peace. Why? Because God promised that he would supply our needs. Philippians 4.19, and my God, Paul wrote, shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You know, as we close today, and I know you can't believe this, it's 944, but we are closing. What is God's greatest gift? When you think about that, it's Christmas, it's Jesus. Jesus being born into this world for a very specific purpose. That was to save the world from its sin. And all I can think of is, you know, as we close is to invite you, if you've never done that, or maybe it's been a long time, you know, since you've done that. You know, remember, you know, 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sin, there's another promise of God. If we confess our sin, he's what? He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That, that, that's what Jesus came to do. Jesus came to make us clean so that we could enjoy fellowship with God and fellowship with one another. Romans 10, 9 and 10 puts it this way. It says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's a promise of God. You will be saved. It says, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So maybe all that stands in the way of, of God's promises and you receiving them is just like it was for Mary when the angel Gabriel 
appeared to her. Mary had to, in her own heart, listen to the promise that was made. And as impossible as it seemed, and you think about your life today, you know, you might be in circumstances, you're praying about things, and it just seems like this is impossible. God hasn't asked you to try to figure it all out. What God is inviting you to do is exactly what Mary models for each of us. When she listened to everything, she even made a statement, I don't see how this can be because I'm a virgin, da da da. There's a dialogue, you, you talk with God about that, but then you leave it like this. And what did Mary say? She said, let it be to me according to your word. Let it be to me according to your word. And that's the invitation you know, today for the promises of God. You think about the thousands and thousands of promises, the, what stands between God's promise to you and you receiving God's promise is that you personalize it. And you say to God today, maybe you heard something in all this and you go, man, I, I need that. And God, your word declares it and it's a promise, but you've never in your heart, you've never said, let it be to me according to your word. And I want to invite you to do that before we go today. For some, maybe it's the very first time to open your heart to him. Maybe for others, it's, you know, you've prayed about something for a long time and you've given up on it. You know, you've lost heart. And God wants to restore that hope today. That, that's one of the great blessings of Christmas, amen? The promises of God, they're yes and amen. The gifts of God, the Bible says, are without reproach. He doesn't give a gift and take it back. You know, we can shelf it, but God doesn't take it back. But make it your prayer. As I've studied this this week and what it's meant to me personally, let it be to me according to your word. Let it be to me according to your word. Let me invite you to stand to your feet and we'll, we'll close in prayer. The worship team is, if they're here or not here, it's okay. Father God, we thank you for your love. Thank you for your life. Thank you for, Lord, just an opportunity to just be reminded, just through the reading of your word today, that you are a faithful God, that you've always been faithful throughout the ages and to think that, Lord, when you made the promise of a Messiah, of a Savior being born of this world, that you did that tens of thousands of years ago. And yet, God, you worked all the circumstances of life to cause that day to come about. At just the perfect moment in time, Jesus would be born into this world. And Lord, may that thought and the reality of his birth infuse within each and every one of us a fresh hope today that God, you are faithful and that with you, nothing's impossible. And so Lord, may, may it stir up within us a, a desire to, to pray more fervently about the things that just seem so, so far-fetched, so far beyond possibility because God with you, nothing is impossible. So we pray for one another. We pray for our family. We pray for our children. We pray for our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, our neighbors, our co-workers. Lord, those that, that are so far away from you that it just seems like, God, it just is impossible. God, thank you that, Lord, nothing is impossible with you. And for those things that, Lord, we've just, like I said, let go and given up on, may it just 
renew a sense of hope today. May we leave with a, a spring in our step today, knowing that, that God, everything that you promised, you bring about in your perfect timing. And if it's not today, if it's not tomorrow, Lord, we have a promise that one day you're coming back. And one day, Lord, even if we held on to all those things and it was the, the pain that kept us moving forward, there's a day coming when you'll wipe away every tear from our eye and there'll be no more sorrow and there no more pain, no more suffering. I know for all of us, Lord, as much as we dislike it, we would say that pain has probably shaped us more than pleasure ever has. And so you use everything for your glory and for our good. And so, Lord, throughout this next year, help us, Lord, to respond like Mary. As we read your word, that we would listen to it, that we'd receive it, and that ultimately we would say to you, Lord, let it be to me according to your word. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, church, we'll send you out with song today. If you need prayer for anything, we'd love to pray with you and just encourage you, love on each other as you go. Enjoy the, the rest of 2021. And our hope and prayer is that 2022 has a lot better things in store. Amen? Amen. Well, we love you guys, and hopefully we'll see you uh, throughout the week. Have a very, very blessed day in Jesus.